this is Kenny Clark, and this is Lombardi's Bar. This is one of my favorite podcasts to do. I'm just, you know, blessed and thankful to be a part of this podcast. You know, it's a great podcast. It's a great interview. Maybe I know that you guys obviously being um, the best Packers podcast that's out there. I had Malort this weekend, so I'm not tasting anything. Oh, well. good he did. God. He did. That was fantastic. Because I said, did you ever try Malort? And I said, no. And then I said, do you want to take a shot of Malort? I said, no, but I did. Wait, who said it's called? It's called Pure Pasture. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to get in a high honors English class once. And they called my parents and were like, hey, just tell him he can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it shows. It really shows. I hate you guys so much. I'm going to throw these two guys into the screen so that if I die, they can carry on the legacy of crap that is this show. Welcome in, Green Bay Packer fans, to another edition of Lombardi's Bar here on the Game on Wisconsin YouTube channel. Thank you so much for joining us. Emma, Jay, in the chat, thank you for stopping by. Jay, using the the ever-popular the, the word of the year, the Rizzy's up, baby. The Rizzy's up. We're on a three-game win streak. The chain, the chain hasn't come off in almost a whole month. That's where the Rizzy's at, boys. Forever Rizzy, Matt. Um, yeah, guys, the Packers, big Sunday night win against the Chiefs. Playoffs, right down, right down the way there, gang. They are right there. Never would have thought we'd be talking about that back in October. Speaking of talking about things, or maybe not talking about things, let's bring in these two guys to do both of those. It's I never wanted to off Barnum. myself more when you said Rizzy forever or forever Rizzy. I was just reading what Matt said. Yeah, well, just because something's typed doesn't mean you can read it, Dan. I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, now I get why you did it. That's all you should have said from the start. <laughs> uh, doing great. Thanks, Dan. Yourself, Dan. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Todd, how did you handle the, uh, the Packers beating the Chiefs and officially getting that wild card spot? Uh, I... For starters, Dan, there's something you've been saying multiple times incorrectly this year. Don't take uh -huh. the Broncos lightly. You want to say it? Pack Packers are on a winning streak. Hey! Three games. I, I that was last week was the first time. Yeah, you, but now you, you mentioned it earlier in the year because you were like, "Well, if I we don't win one I more." See. You did go back no, and check I the tape. Okay, I'm after not here, we beat the Bears, Dan, Dan, I'm not here to do the research for you. Okay, do your own research. Uh, but it was out there. So, yeah, uh, it was a hell of a game. I'm I'm amped up. Let's win it all. I cannot fucking stand it. When they, when they, won, when they won the you. last Super Bowl, they were the last wild card <laughs> team. Dumb, man. They were 10 and 6. You Let's go. Yeah, big the dumb bitch. I, mean, I, I knew you were going to switch up. I did not think you were going to switch up this much. We all thought that the Eagles were the best team. Uh I don't even know that they're in the same class right now as the 49ers. But again, the 49ers, are they getting hot too early? They could fall off. They could get knocked off. Uh, what I want to see is a showdown in Dallas against Mashed Potato Mike. No, uh, He had, a, had, hey, to have surgery, had to have surgery today because he's so full of mashed potatoes. Uh, Jesus, that, was that what it was? They said, yeah. Oh my God, you're appendix. He was, he was <laughs> oozing mashed potatoes and gravy just what? out of his... 
What's uh, happening to your appendix? It looks like a Thanksgiving <laughs> feast. He won us a Super Bowl. What has he done for us lately, Dan? Nothing. That's the answer. Dan's going to uh, be at Brett Favre's court case. He won us a Super Bowl, guys. Why are right? We yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the, I'm the surprise witness that comes in. <laughs> in that chain and everything? <laughs> in the chain. He, <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't have done this. He won us a Super Bowl. See the hat? Yes. Super Bowl 31, that was him. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. He's innocent. <laughs> oh, it's not delusion season anymore. It's real life. It's real life. We yeah, are no I can't longer. believe you guys doubted last week that this team could win a We Super are no longer in the hunt. We are the hunt now. I asked you both point blank last week, can this team win a Super Bowl? You said no. They just knocked off Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl champions. I don't think the Chiefs are going to win a Super Bowl. They beat them handily. Like, I know the score was what it was, and that there was a call at the end that some people want to talk about. But there was also two before that that fucked us. Nonetheless, the first 59 minutes of that game, the Packers did what they wanted to. Like, it it was close enough for it to come down to that play, but that was, like, the Packers won that. I also disagree that that was a clear like everyone was saying it was like a clear and obvious pass interference i don't think it was wait which one with the one on valentine on mbs the mbs one i didn't see a flag it wasn't a pass interference for sure because no flag was thrown if a flag was thrown i'd have been like yeah that makes a hundred percent sense i don't know that was that was a clear should have been everyone everyone's acting like it was like some sort of like mugging or like like uh what was the 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 saints rams wild card was that it wasn't matt producer matt a still shot of valentine hanging on mvs with the ball like a yard away still I, i like the number of people that immediately piled in with because it was MVS, that was an uncatchable one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the ref was like, ah, he's not gonna he's not gonna catch that shit anyway. Yeah. Uncatchable ball because it was thrown to MVS. See the thing that actually and that go ahead. That, I was gonna say the, that one I don't I don't blame Chiefs fans for getting upset, but what annoyed the fuck out of me was that was the, the Hail Mary one. That's literally what happens on every Hail Mary. Every it's a Hail mob Mary. of people yeah, bumping that's and pushing fine. into each other. But people, they were bitching about it for so long. It's like, what and, the? And I don't even think he really gets like forcible. Like, I think Kelsey's momentum is carrying him more than it was anyone pushing him. Yeah, I see two people going for the ball. I see one person trying, but it's blocked. And <laughs> the other one on that guy's back. No, that's I, definitely a I DPI, see, dude. No, I see a great defensive play there. I'm not even, this isn't even a bit. I think that was a great defensive play. Everyone can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I I disagree with you until that last part. Your conviction changed my mind. I agree. Thank you. Thank you. I was not surprised at all in the fact that after that play, there were defensive linemen on the Chiefs sidelines yelling at MVS to get off the field because he quit. He was just like, I get it, dude. You're gassed. He just ran a couple, a couple big ones in a row. Like get oh, off. If, if you're coming up. Yeah. Real? They were showing, they were showing somebody, I think it was Chris Jones yelling at somebody to get off the field. And then they like panned out and you could see MVS. Cause he came out of the game after that was walking up the sidelines again, 
I understand you're gassed. He was probably involved in trying to chase down that fumbled return like a couple of plays earlier, and then he's running a goal route and he's getting not tackled at the end of that. And like, sure, but get off the field if you're not going to be in there. Like just walk off and then they put him back in there for the second to last play when they Mahomes like literally just caught it and just chucked it out of bounds immediately. Uh, MVS yeah, was, what the I'm, hell was that? I'm guessing they were hoping for like more of an off coverage and at least pick up a couple of yards, see if MVS can beat a guy because we know that yak is his big thing. Um, but again, I, I don't know. It, it just, he Ray didn't, catch he didn't try to do anything. He was just awful. Almost as bad as he is in an interview. Okay. Come on. I understand we're mad at him, but let's not downplay his on-field performance that much. Fair. <laughs> that honestly, that is the meanest thing you could say to somebody. <laughs> I mean, your job interview skills are like MBS in an interview. Like it, he wasn't, he wasn't blowing like stats out of the water. It's not like he's like, he's not taking the top off of defenses or anything. No. Right. Like what here? I'm looking up what he he had. What's the what's the bigger I get no, the answer is Lazard. But if you look at MVS leaving the Packers five yards receiving. Mm-hmm. I guess looking at this season, who would you rather have on your team? MVS or Lazard? Last year, MVS had that one playoff game that that's all they're gonna remember about him. But this season, MVS or Lazard, bigger disappointment. I think Lazard's a bigger disappointment because of the money that he's making. Uh, which one would I rather have on the team? I Lazard, because at least he run blocks. Yeah. yeah. See, I feel like MBS though, like with Lazard, you knew going into that situation. Can we, can we not get into a whole segment talking about these guys? Yeah. Well, not a whole segment. <laughs> it was just a one point to what you were saying. But wait, which was the on. second are question you, on the topic. Are you asking which one I would rather have on like the this Packers team right now? I was asking which one's the bigger disappointment. If Todd gives permission for you to answer that, don't answer that unless he says it's okay. The bigger disappointment this season or after just post Green Bay? Because MVS has this a season. fucking ring now, which is this something season. we all have to live with as a reality. This season, it's definitely Lazard. Yeah, I think MVS. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You should be doing more. Yeah, but you also have, you theoretically have better weapons in New York than you do with the Chiefs. Like, like, can't you say like, can we stop talking about these losers? (laughs) I didn't, I stopped. You got cranky the first time I stopped. Jimmy, bye around. Jimmy, Uh, he got me a hypothetical and I love that. (laughs) It was a normal question. I thought it was at least. Uh, Bye around. I'm going to Vondre Campbell, um, Walter Payton, man of the year nominee. Uh, It's so, Granted, his uh his Twitter was kind of crazy this year, which actually made me want to give him an award because I thought it was fucking hilarious. Uh, but just seeing him do some off the field stuff too uh, is great. So I figure we might as well buy him around. Hopefully, he wins the trophy or wins the award, whatever the fuck you get for it. I honestly don't even know what it's for, but he got nominated, so that's great. Has has a Green Bay Packer ever won that award? Matt, look that up. When's the last time a Packer won the Walter Payton Man of the Year? I don't. It hasn't been around that long, right? Like only like I only remember it like really the last like twenty years or so, if that. 
have has a Packer ever won it? I feel like wasn't it Aaron Aaron Jones is he gets he a finalist. A Every former Packer nominated. won it one time, Eugene Robinson, and then he promptly got arrested for uh, soliciting a prostitute the night he won the award. So shout out to him. <laughs> Good for him, man. <laughs> Man of the community. Hey, man of the community. <laughs> he won a super. Workers. He won a Super Bowl. Okay, he won a Super Bowl in Green that, Bay. Man. Couldn't have done it. <laughs> Todd, who do you want to buy around for? Uh, I'm going with our very own January sixth. You, Mister Dan Kotnick. Uh, I'm so worried about this. You should be. Uh, I was. It, it was great to see all of the stars come out to Lambo this weekend. Like it's, it's been a thing that's been going on uh, at a lot of other places. And to see not only Taylor Swift, you've got Simone there, Tony Shalhoub, who we uh, had some great things to say about during the pre-show. Uh, we got a great question coming up on that one. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Liv Morgan was there who I was unfamiliar with, but what surprised me the most was to see a tweet that you were unfamiliar with her, Dan. And that got me thinking because I think the WWE is the one thing that apparently you don't have like a, a fandom or a stronghold or an opinion on. And I started thinking about it. And like every sports league, you've got a team. I'm so confused. I, I'm so worried where this is. Do going. you not? I, it's not, it's not going anywhere bad. I'm, buying you around because I don't know how you have the time and the energy to care about as many things as you do. And I, it, it was like, it was that tweet from live that, that I saw that because you truly do like you've got as don't far as like this, pop don't culture you. references and like movies, shows, stuff like that. Like you've got all of those on lockdown. You've got, I think every trilogy that's ever been discussed on lockdown you have multiple soccer teams in different leagues, hockey, basketball. Like, I, I just feel like you you are a fan of just like everything. And I want to buy you around to just sit down and enjoy it. Because, I again, the energy that goes into having that many fandoms is incredible. I've got like three teams that I give a shit about. And even that's taxing. So I just we I, couldn't talk about Alan Lazard and MVS, but you just went on a three minute <laughs> rant about dance fucking sport teams. I just I I appreciate. I've, I've never been more uncomfortable on this show. I was waiting for something. Right I'm telling, there's nothing there. I just I it it's impressive how Dan like has that an opinion on everything. It's incredible. So shout out. I to think you. that's the backhanded compliment right yeah, there. It, it that's feels like, one. Here, but here's the thing. Was. It's not a bad thing to have an opinion. That's like, that's part of why I had to tiptoe around it for three minutes because saying it like that feels like it's not a true compliment, but it is. And it's, it's wild. I don't, I don't trust it, Dan. I, I'm going to be uneasy <laughs> for weeks thinking about this moment. Just waiting. Every time you go to tweet about soccer, just think. That's what it is. That's what it fucking is. It's I'm going to clip these... this and send it to you every morning. Just be like, hey, man, have a great day. <laughs> have a great have a day. DM. He's watching. Yeah. <laughs> He's analyzing your tweets, man. <laughs> you no, I was just surprised. I was su- surprised that, like, I mean, you you paid respect to 
what the WWE is as an organization and entity, but like you don't seem to have like a fandom to it. Which Dan, who who are you gonna pay? Who are you gonna buy around for? I can't keep doing. It. I'm uncomfortable. He's not even saying nice <laughs> things to me, and I never will. I'm gonna find a clip. I don't even know if I. I don't know. I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> Tonight's the I'm night. Gonna go home. <laughs> um, I'm going to buy a round for uh, Brian Gutekunst because um, the man, the man just doesn't sleep. Like he doesn't stop. You could easily have just gone in and said, "Like, roll it out. Here, here's the team. Injuries be damned. Figure it out." We're pulling in James Robinson. We're pulling in Kenyon Drake. Give him, give him a shot. Throw it at the wall. See what sticks. He brought in Jonathan Owens, a guy basically off of the free agent scrap heap. He's turning into a halfway decent safety. And then just the churn, the churn in general. Like we've got, we've got some fucking tight end named Sims catching touchdowns against the Chiefs. Don't you bash Ben Sims. American I forgot what his first name was for a second. I thought it was Ben Sims. But I, I, I can't wait it. till Jimmy buys his jersey. You think I haven't already? It's behind the Dobbs one. <laughs> no, How do you would, think he scored a touchdown? You would have texted me. Oh, for sure. <laughs> You're never going to trust me again after the Jaden Reed thing. He 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 just he does he does a great job of the churn with this roster of getting players, getting guys that can go out and ball. And maybe they're here for a few weeks. Maybe they just fill a gap. Maybe they just fill a need for a, a small amount of time. Maybe they turn into a Razul Douglas that you flip in, for, flip to a third round pick. Maybe they become Devondre Campbell and Kashawn Nixon, all pros. The guy catches a lot of flack for the draft, a lot, of, and some of that is warranted. But I think games like Sunday just kind of go to prove that he is at least in the top half of GMs in the league with the thing that he can do with, uh, you know, finding, finding talent and finding capable bodies to fill in on this team week in and week out. So I have, I have zero shame. So I'm going to shamelessly plug my article for Pack report this week, but it's kind of sitting on just how great Goody has done putting depth on this team. Like you, you're talking about some of the players and, yeah, there's some stuff that people are upset about with his drafting, but it's that middle part where you try to like balance that fine line between keeping the window open for Rodgers, but then still also preparing for the future. But this last draft where it's just, hey, we're rebuilding, we're for the future, he fucking killed it. Like this draft has been so far when it's just focusing on like, hey, we're rebuilding this thing, we're putting weapons around love, we're tooling up this defense, like this is the plan now when he's not half-assing it for both sides. He's done great. Like Van Ness, we knew his role. is going to be the Rashawn Gary, his rookie year. He's going to sit behind Smith. He still had made some splash plays. Jaden Reed, fucking monster. Musgrave is doing well. Tucker Craft, curse breaker. Everyone's welcome. Then Carl Brooks coming out of nowhere. Valentine, Wicks. Like, he just brought in so many people to contribute. Like, we might not have that top-end talent yet, but this young talent and the depth that we have, this is going to be it's going to be a fun team to watch in the years to come as they keep maturing and growing because we've seen that growth right now in one year just from the start of the year this like shitty part in the middle we had to right now in this win streak that Dan can finally call it like we've made a lot of progress and now to see it for seasons to come it's going to be it's going to be really exciting and that's all a lot of it goes to Goody and the the scout team 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was excited. Maybe I just haven't been paying close enough attention to the the limited snaps Van Ness ha- had been getting. Felt like he got more this week, and I was excited yeah. to see uh, he had quite a few with his hand in the dirt, uh, which I think if you can play him in that position gives a lot more flexibility to this defense. Well, you can see in some of in some of those those limited snaps that he does kind of get out there, at least when you kind of notice him. Mm-hmm. He's he's playing a little bit different in this second half of the season. He's not. I think I saw. I think it was Matub uh, called him a, a cocaine bear, and that's what basically what he was like, kind of at the beginning. Just let him loose and fuck shit up. Uh, I think he's playing a little bit smarter now, and I think as we see him get more snaps, uh, I think we're going to see that progression start to come, and he'll be another. He'll be another hit for uh, for Hootie there. Um, let's jump to uh, to pay the tab. Uh, Todd, who would you like to have pay the tab this week? Uh, I'm going to go with the Joe Barry haters. That's because okay. once again, welcome to the joke, Jimmy. People, <laughs> <laughs> we, we all got. It. Yeah, that I really was, had no clue. I was I was really confused. Yeah, you you were you were trying. Uh, I thought Joe Buck. Once again, like again, we can dissect it down and and dislike a play or a scheme here and there, but at the end of the day, this team doesn't give up points. Like on the year, they've got one game that they've given up more than twenty five points. That's pretty damn good, especially considering that this is a fan base that's been calling for the defensive court. Usually if a defensive coordinator's job is being called for from week one on, like that's a bad defense. This defense is out there not giving up points, getting takeaways and stops and key moments. Like it, they're coming around and I hate to burst everyone's bubble. Uh, Joe Barry's not going anywhere. Yeah. That's the tough part is like, he's, they're not giving up points. They're not. So, but then you see those plays where like Travis Kelsey is just wide open in the middle and no one's by him. But then at that point, it's also like, hey, the 11 players on the field should think, let me watch this guy because he's the best player and he's the best weapon see, on the opposing team. So I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be upset next year with Barry. Is it feels like nothing in the scheme has changed. It's been the players executing and, and doing things better that's what it feels like like jonathan owens wasn't playing at this level you know earlier in the season and then you have darnell savage come back and darnell savage looks like he's playing better i think guys have been tackling a lot better recently which has really kind of changed things i don't know it for me it's a good step do you think it has anything to do with like the change in the practice schedule that lafleur implemented I mean, the, the offense has been no better since clue. then. I have no clue. Fuck if I know. I'm sorry. All I I'm know sorry. is Twitter. I'm sorry to leave you. I, yeah, no. So I, that's my fault for trying to make conversation about the Packers. Let's go back I to was talking. For it. You asked MBS. Let's go back to that. You guys seemed like fucking pros talking about them. Let's go. Dickhead, you asked him a question. Oh, what's with respond. the name calling? No, fuck off. I've Don't done nothing my but very valid respect. question. No, nothing but respect. No, uh uh-uh, not doing this. 
I the second I come on here talking shit about my equipment stuff right away, which wasn't even broken your, at that point. Your audio it, equipment. It ended. Yeah, true. You text me about the other stuff, yeah. but it, uh, no, I was letting Dan answer that because I also have no idea why the defense all suddenly is playing better. Cause there's still like one play a game. We have Preston Smith guarding a fucking wide receiver. So that hasn't changed, but it's just, I don't know. There has been a new edge though. We've seen players actually, the secondary especially is playing way more aggressive and they're actually hitting people and they're playing hard. And I don't know if that's a coaching God, thing, was- philosophy thing. Exactly. Or even Valentine and Valentine, like Carrington Valentine talks so much shit. And I love it because you've proven absolutely fucking nothing. Like you're still a late round rookie, but you're talking like you're the first round about to be the next fucking Deion Sanders. And it's fantastic. I don't know. It, there's been an attitude change and I really have no idea what it is, but it's definitely going to fucking save Joe Barry's job. Uh, and here's, I, I talked, I recorded hack day for Friday uh, tonight with friend of the show, Shanna Quinn and Monty Moore. And I think it, cool, it might be a good point to say that maybe the Joe Barry experience hasn't changed, but the fact that the offense is playing at a better click and doing things better is allowing more opportunities for success on the defense. And so nothing's changed with Joe Barry, not eight straight three and outs. Right. Yeah. The offense is putting this defense into better situations. And so I don't know. I'm on a three game win streak high. We just beat the fucking chiefs. I say resign everybody for five years. You know, you know, Twitter is going to be in fucking shambles when Joe Barry is still defensive coordinator next year. Like it's going to be, it's going to be ridiculous. No, no, Twitter's going to be in shambles when we have to go on the road on a wild card game to San Francisco and Christian McCaffrey gets 300 total yards on us. No, I already manifested. You're good. I put that tweet out. Jordan Love going to beat the 49ers in the playoffs. Something Rodgers could never do. And it's going to be a brand new chapter. But then from here on out, we'll probably always lose to like the Eagles or some shit, but we'll, we'll beat the 49ers. Okay. Manifest. I appreciate the manifest. All right, Jimmy, who didn't, who do you think needs to pay the tab? I'm going for everyone who I'm ecstatic of these last three games. The team has completely turned around. The offense is playing better. The defense is playing better. But for the love of God, can we stop this Jordan Love should be in the MVP conversation or Jordan Love comparing his numbers to MVP? He shouldn't be. You can't You can't have the way this team went and had like what, six games, seven games without scoring more than 20 points? You cannot be an MVP can- – what is that face, Daniel? You cannot be an MVP candidate when you have six or seven games where you can't score more than 20 points you have a four or five game streak where you don't score a touchdown in the first fucking half. You can't all suddenly have four, three or four, one good game and then three great games and win them. And then all suddenly you're MVP candidate. That's not how this works. Like you can't all suddenly turn it on at the end and then you win the MVP. So for the love of God, be happy that we're on a four game or three game win streak, but don't mention Jordan Love in the MVP conversation. That's fucking insane. But can't you at least say, that it's not an outright no. no. It's an yes, I can no. say it's an outright no. There's for no reason should he be in the MVP conversation. You can't even say you can't no. even no. bring up the no. question. 
No, they did not score more than 20 points for like six or seven is, weeks. You can't win what the is MVP. With you wanting to ask dumb questions today, Dan. That's Jimmy's job. Yeah. Stop taking my shit. Ask, ask let that be your first question to our guest then. Start off what, on a my, terrible foot. My my dumb question? Yeah. This okay. this dumb question. We'll or the other in. dumb question. No. This one. I'm bring this one. No, no, no. We're bringing them in. Hold on. What do we on. got? Okay. Hey, Matt. Matt welcome I've... to the show. <laughs> yes. Great to have you. Sorry. Great introduction by me. My Matt fault. Schneidman. Welcome. Respected writer. <laughs> Matt, he wears a car like for that. the athletic. One of one of the one of the premier Packer content creators. I appreciate that. Thank I you. have I have a serious question for you, and I want to assure my co-hosts and producers that I workshopped the question God, to be Oh, you're not very, asking the one I thought to you were be going very to. different and Sorry, much more You're good. I'm gonna fix my lighting over here. You're all, all right. right. There we you go. It's Todd anyway. Okay. No, he doesn't want to be involved in this. What do so, we got? Matt, <clears throat> yeah. out of these three people that I'm going to list off for you here, one of them, you're going to have like a chill Saturday afternoon with, okay? Okay. The, the second person, you're going to be like best friends with, okay? I'm talking like exchange, friendship bracelets, that kind of thing. Okay. The third person, you're ghosting. You're never talking to them again. Okay. Taylor Swift, Simone Biles, Tony Shalhoub. How does it go? Um, I didn't know who Tony Shalhoub was before this weekend. <laughs> I was like, who's that guy? And <laughs> Bill Hubert was like, have you ever watched Monk? And I was like, what the hell is that? So Do you not have that's USA a good Network? show. That's a good show. Monk's so a I, great show. I would ghost Tony Shalhoub. And then one of them is best friend. One of them is chill Saturday. Yes. I would go with all due respect to Jonathan Owens. This is just me answering the question. I would go best friend Simone Biles because she seems like a genuinely good person. Yeah. And I'd go uh, Saturday hang out with Taylor Swift just to see what all that fame is about. And then I'd get out of there. Sure. Yeah. Because it's not it's worth like it because she's overrated. Right. Exactly. Okay. I didn't good. say See? that. Send, send Todd, the hounds at Jimmy. To Jimmy <laughs> yeah. Sorry. My we, internet crapped out there for a second. We made, I could see it, Matt. I, that question, that question was proposed much differently, as I'm sure you can probably guess how initially. And we've, we workshopped it and cleaned it up to be much more friendly. Two really smart people talk them down. Just to, to the, to the level of person that Matt Schneidman. Brings. Yeah, Matt, so maybe maybe Dan, we'll just humor. we'll just leave that there. Uh, yeah, Matt, do, you, do you think that we should like is Jordan Love should he be in the MVP conversation? No, thank, thank you. you. That's no. the question I said to ask Dan. That one because that's no, stupid, that, isn't it? That's a silly question. I think. Yes. So um, it's, it's 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 an outright no. Like you it, can't it, even there's, entertain. There's not, there's not even a millisecond that I consider saying yes. He has played very, very well the last five weeks, but they are a 500 football team. Like Matt LaFleur said it after the game, he goes, the reality of it is we are a 500 football team. Now, if the MVP race was decided by the last five weeks, he'd be in it. 
And sure, were the struggles before that entirely his fault? No. But the MVP is a, a whole season. So there's a reason I think there's 12 players ahead of him uh, on the FanDuel odds last time I checked. I would say Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy are are probably the top two right now for MVP with a nod to Dak Prescott, I would say. Chris, you wouldn't put Christian McCaffrey? I, I go I go Dak Christian McCaffrey. Right. Uh, I would probably put McCaffrey over Brock Purdy. Um, but I'm just thinking realistically, this is, sure. you know, sure. you got, can I swear on this program? Yes. Fucking go for yeah. it. You got jackasses like myself voting for this award. It's just, you know, media people voting. So um, people who don't know who Tony Shalhoub is. Well, yeah, like that. And and listen, that's his MVP vote. Tony Shalhoub. (laughs) The people who vote for these awards are much more established in this business than I am. So I'm not trying to discredit their football knowledge, but it's been a quarterback award. No other player has won it since 2012. I believe when Adrian Peterson won it. So the likelihood Christian McCaffrey wins it, even if he is deserving, is very low. So that's why I just named a couple quarterbacks. But I would say Dak is right up there. Um, you got to think of, you know, if we're realistically speaking, the top three right now is probably Dak, Tyreek Hill, and Christian McCaffrey. I was going to say, do you think do you think there is a chance if Tyreek Hill breaks that 2,000 mark that he realistically could win the MVP? Or do you think it's just, at this point, no matter what, going to be a quarterback of a top three team? probably a quarterback of a top three team. You'd have to do something otherworldly. And maybe like you said, if Tyreek Hill breaks the single season receiving record, um, receiving yards record, he might be a finalist, but I don't know about winning it, especially if there's someone, you know, in the same stratosphere as him. It's unfair, but that's just how it is. Yeah. So after to get back to the Packers, then after week 10, you were on, uh, was it Kiefer and the beats? Uh, yeah. Kiefer, uh, so, and rightfully so your analysis of the Packers were the Packers stink. And at that time, thousand percent, correct. Yeah. They were bad. So in these last few weeks where we started to get the, started to get these wins, the offense started to play better. Like Jordan loves MVP campaign. No, Jordan love play has been playing well. Like what's, what changed with the team? Like what's, what's going on these last few weeks to actually make that switch. Yeah, it's an incredible switch because you think, okay, they might win a couple games down the stretch, but they'll miss the playoffs and pick up where they left off next season. They've done a complete 180 in such a short amount of time, and it starts with the quarterback. And, you know, he's more accurate. He's making better decisions with the football. He's not turning the ball over. He's not taking unnecessary sacks. And the one he took um, – on their last offensive drive, that was by design pretty much because they wanted to keep the clock running. So he's being more accurate. You know, the deep ball is working better, although he hasn't really uncorked any true like bombs except for the one to Watson. And, you know, that was a little underthrown. He's just in command of the offense. You know, Lafleur's dialing up good plays. And and just as we blamed um, his supporting cast for a lack of support, um, when he was struggling, I think we need to give them credit. The offensive line is playing better. You know, A.J. Dillon did what he needed to do in the run game. But I think the biggest difference is the pass catchers because we've talked a lot this season about drops. And guys are just dropping balls left and right. Christian Watson, you know, Jaden Reed. Dobbs has had some. Um, Luke Musgrave 
that was probably more in training camp, but there have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, like there have been too many drops, but the last two weeks, the only ones I can remember are Romeo Dobbs on that third down late against the lions. And then Malik Heath against the chiefs. And not only are they not dropping passes, they're making highly contested catches where if they didn't catch it, it wouldn't be considered a drop. Like, Christian Watson against the Lions on the first play. Malik Heath had a couple against the Lions. Um, against the Chiefs, Watson's touchdown. Like, it, the pass catchers are really stepping up. But I would say it starts and ends with Jordan Love because the defense is kind of playing the same. Um, but now it's good enough because the offense has picked up their end of the bargain. Yeah, absolutely. Um Going with Jordan Love, obviously, we've established, doesn't belong in the MVP conversation. Is he the guy moving forward for this team? Have we have we seen enough? Have you seen enough from him this year to say, yes, that's the guy moving forward? Yeah, I think so. And now I'm not saying the guy means he's the guy for the next 15 years. When I say the guy, I mean he deserves a long-term contract extension this offseason. Now, That obviously can't come until 12 months after his last contract extension. So it's not like it can happen now or right when the season ends. I don't know if he got extended in March, April, May, whatever it was. June. Oh, in June. Okay, then then they have to wait 12 months to do it. So they have to wait until June to do that. But um, he is the guy, I think. You know, entering this Chiefs game, I said, okay, maybe we need to see it a little more. I saw all I needed to see. And maybe I'm being too reactionary. If you listen to Rogers on McAfee this week, he said, don't crown him, but not in a bad way, just to protect him because he's going to have natural regressions. He might not play as well as he has the past couple games on Monday night. And then if we crown him, people are quick to say, oh, well, what's the deal here? He regressed. But I think it's fair to say he is the guy while also understanding there will be some natural regressions and it won't always be this linear ascension of he's going to keep getting better and better each game. Do you think the Packers are super pissed off about the Daniel Jones contract? Because they're probably going to have to give Jordan Love something close to that, where if they didn't give him $40 million a year, they probably could have got away with less. Yeah, I was talking about that on my show tonight with Doug Russell, and here's the thing. That's the going rate for quarterbacks these days. Like Kyler Murray makes, what, $46.1 million a year? What has he ever done? So I, I think the barometer – I was going to say, he's, he's, call he's duty. like prestige twice yeah. Call of Duty. <laughs> the bar (laughs) that you have to reach to get paid that much is not very high. You know, Doug was saying, well, the bar needs to be higher and they might need to go to, you know, an NFC championship game or a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl, but then only a small handful of quarterbacks are ever going to get paid. Then you're going to get stuck in the endless cycle of searching for your guy. Daniel Jones had one good season and, and helped win a playoff game. That's what got him paid. So that's the bar. It's not just Daniel Jones. It's it's Kyler Murray. It's it's other guys. Like, what has Josh Allen done? Sure, he's individually talented, but from a team perspective, what has he done to earn, you know, $43 million, whatever he makes? Like, there are very few guys who have done that. Lamar Jackson, he's incredibly talented, but if we're gauging it from a team perspective, you know, it's not many guys. So the bar right now, and it's not just Daniel Jones, it's around the league, is pretty low in terms of if you have one good season – that's the calculated risk the GM is going to take to be, okay, you know, we got to pay this guy now and then just pray and cross our fingers that it's not just a flash in the pan. So that's the risk that Brian Gutekunst, I'm assuming, will be taking just as it was a risk he took when he drafted Jordan Love. 
Do you yeah. think the do you think that number or contract at all is affected if the Packers make the playoffs versus don't make the playoffs? Or if or let's say they go on like some like may upset the 49ers in, in the wild card round or something. Do you think that affects it? Or do you think that this is regardless of kind of the outcome of the season, unless like it's some magical Super Bowl run or something? <laughs> Does that does it change anything, or is this pretty much we're just kind of locked in? We know he's the guy moving forward, and this is just kind of kind of be what the number that we want to give. Yeah, I don't expect it to change too drastically. Let me pull up the quarterback salaries on over the cap right now. My guess is he gets somewhere like if he continues on this trajectory, um, and I'm not saying he has to keep getting better and better every game, but if the past three, four, five games are on average what we're going to see over the last five. I could see him getting over 40 million a year on an extension um, because that's just the going rate. And he would have done it for more than half a season. That's more than enough, I think, of a sample size. So um, by and large, I think the number is, you know, penciled in right now. The only way it could change drastically, I think, is if he absolutely falls off a cliff and throws three interceptions each game for the rest of the season, or if he absolutely lights the league on fire even more so than he already has done, which is hard to do because he's, you know, arguably the third best quarterback over the last month behind Purdy and Prescott and, you know, wins a couple playoff games. Then then Brian Gutekunst is going to be sweating a little bit. Um, so moving away from, from Jordan Love a little bit, I think it's fair to say that with a team this young, a lot of question marks about who steps up, who becomes what, what kind of role people take. Who's been the biggest surprise for you on this team, especially one so young? Yeah, you know, the main players are kind of ones we expected. You know, Mm -hmm. of late, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Two guys I've been impressed with are Dontavian Wicks and Malik Heath. Wicks is a, a really solid receiver. I think Keith is the new war daddy. He's the new Alan Lazard with probably a little bit more upside than Lazard had, you know, people forget Malik Heath was the leading receiver on his college team. The number two guy was Jonathan Mingo, who was a second round pick this year of the Carolina Panthers. The reason Malik Heath wasn't drafted is because he had non-football stuff uh, that were concerns for teams off the field. The Packers took a risk on him and it has paid off. In the last couple of weeks alone, Malik Heath has flattened Khalil Mack on a chip, you know, to give Jordan Love time on that third and 20 when the Chargers committed defensive pass interference on the eventual game-winning drive. He's caught four passes on, I believe, four targets, a couple of those contested catches against the Lions. And then last week, Matt LaFleur said they talked about this in the team meeting, was a couple plays, I, I don't know how soon after his drop this happened, but he catches that quick six-yard route, absolutely breaks the guy's ankles, and gets a first down. Like, this guy has a role on this team going forward, and he and Wicks are part of the reason why it's okay that the Packers don't have a true bona fide number one receiver right now. Christian Watson's shown flashes, but in terms of targets and production, they don't have a true bona fide number one, and that's okay because they have a couple guys who can have you know this consistent, even production, and Wicks and Heath are a pretty solid bottom of the depth chart right now. So before too last year, like going to this team just being really young right now, last year, obviously they also experienced uh, 
a losing streak with Rodgers and a couple other veterans around the team at that time. This year as well, they they had a losing streak. Like, what did you see? Did they handle it different this year, or were there different players that stepped up and got them through that? Because, like, obviously it's going to be different going through a losing streak with Rodgers and Big Dog and other players on the team to mm-hmm. now where you're the youngest team in the league. Like, how do they handle that? Who stepped up to get them through that? Yeah, I don't know exactly. I was trying to, you know, get guys to say something concrete in the locker room after the game. They just gave a lot of cliches about, oh, we had to stick together and all that. But Keyshawn Nixon is probably one of them. Jair Alexander's missed seven games this year. Rasul Douglas gets traded when they're two and five. Now Nixon's the only remaining starter, not only in the cornerback group, but in the secondary because Savage and Ford have missed some time. So I give Keyshawn Nixon credit for helping stick this thing together. You know, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, even though Jones hasn't been out there. Jordan Love, I think he has way more of a leadership role than we realize on the surface just because when we see him publicly, it's very calm. It's very, uh, you know, composed. It's even keeled. It's not emotional. But I think he has a very strong leadership role and guys really respect him in that locker room. And then guys like Kenny Clark, I'm assuming, Preston Smith, uh, you know, Devondre Campbell probably, guys who have – taking leadership roles in this locker room. But you're right. It is different with the young team because, you know, veterans, you have the guys like Rogers and Lewis to help stick it together. But some of these other guys, they've come from successful college programs. You know, guys like Quay Walker and Eric Stokes and Devontae Wyatt and and other guys who have known nothing but winning. Now they're stinking it up. And, you know, they don't know how to keep it together. But I I gave the Packers and Matt LaFleur – for developing this culture, credit for not letting either of the last two seasons kind of spiral out of control. Do you see Do you see someone in that wide receiver room specifically? Because that is so young with just like a second-year player being the top guy. Like there was things about Jaden Reed having people at his locker after one of the games. Like do you see someone kind of like elevating right now in that leadership role within that room? Or is it just young group of guys kind of collaborating together at this point? Yeah, I think that's more so what it is. Obviously, Watson and Dobbs are the most experienced, and and they definitely have a voice in that room. But, you know, you brought up the interesting point. That was after the Steelers game. We walk into the locker room, and it wasn't necessarily they all went to read. Like, all the receivers' lockers were next to each other, and they kind of all huddled for five or ten minutes. You know, it was uh, – I forget exactly who it was, but Watson was there. Uh, I think Samori Toure was there. Jaden Reed was there. You know, just talking about – I guess what happened, what they can do better. But when there isn't that Devontae Adams, when there isn't that Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, it's kind of a, a, a by committee thing. And I think there is a plus side to that because everyone gets their voice heard. And, and it, also something they've been doing is on Tuesdays for the past, I think, you know, two months, all these skill players get together with the quarterbacks and they watch film of the upcoming opponent and talk about, what they see from the defense, kind of all get on the same page. This is not a knock on Aaron Rodgers, but I was not aware that they did that in years past. They might have sometimes, but we at least never heard about it publicly. I was talking to Jaden Reed the other week, and he said, yeah, you know, we meet every Tuesday, just players, no coaches, not a knock on the coaches, but running backs, tight ends, receivers, quarterbacks, just to, you know, get all on the same page, develop chemistry. We're a young group, all develop our ideas together. So I think all these guys are kind of in it together. It's a different dynamic than Packers teams of years past, but it's one that's clearly, you know, paying off right now. Uh, Speaking of a different dynamic, 
Is there going to be one on the defensive coaching side next year, or do you expect Joe Barry back? I expect him back because he's good. Because he doesn't get, has a defense that doesn't give a point. Sorry, you, you go. No, I already answered. You're right. I mean, they have the <laughs> number. Nine, they have Quit a that, top Matt. ten scoring defense in the NFL right now. They have mm-hmm. a top ten scoring defense. Listen, is he without flaw? Absolutely not. The run defense still doesn't do well against good running teams, um, for the most part. You can argue the the too high defense is susceptible to giving up a lot of yards and and long plays. But guess what? This is a bend but don't break defense. And the storyline going into this Sunday's game was the Chiefs were the only team in the league to not allow more than 24 points in a game yet this season. The Packers have allowed more than 24 points in a game this season the same amount of times as the Chiefs Chiefs have now. They've both done it just once. Chiefs did it against the Packers. Packers did it against the Lions in week four. Other than that, the Packers have not allowed more than 24 points in a game. And Joe Barry has done it without his all-pro corner for seven games, without another veteran corner who was playing well for five games now, uh, without his two starting safeties for extended time, without his two starting inside linebackers for extended time, with his best player on a pitch count for the first six games. I mean, I understand the popular thing is to not like Joe Barry because his unit has experienced stretches of inconsistencies over the last couple of seasons. But the defense has pulled its part for the majority of this season. There has not been a single game aside from, I don't know, maybe the Lions game. The Packers only scored 20 in that game. There has not been one game this year, I'll say, where you said, man, if only the defense did his, did its part, the Packers should have won because the offense did its part. That has never happened. Not one game this year. Mm, Which one? I will, the the Atlanta game. Okay. And I do I do want I do want to point out sure. that's the closest one. Your your twenty four point stat bump that to twenty five and it's right because we did give up twenty five to Atlanta. They gave so up twenty five to Atlanta. Yeah. Unless Google's wrong right now, that was twenty five twenty four. I thought it was twenty four twenty three. You're probably right. Twenty five twenty four. Usually, okay. you're, right. you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Point stands. Don't trust. Um, yeah. Now I have been asked. What if the Jets fire Robert Sala and Matt LaFleur wants to bring back his best friend? A, I don't think they're going to fire Robert Sala. I think everyone over there is going to get an unwarranted lifeline because Rodgers has been hurt. Um, That organization is a dumpster fire, but Rodgers is going to get Hackett another year. It's going to get Sala another year. It's probably going to get Joe Douglas another year. But there could also be teams that throw even more money at Robert Sala, if he gets fired, that are more desperate. The Los Angeles Chargers being one of them. Let's say they hire Kellen Moore as head coach and, you know, throw the bag at Robert Sala for defensive coordinator. The Packers already have, a, I think, a solid defensive coordinator. But you never know. How much credit do you take for Rashawn Gary? None. And his sacks the last <laughs> couple of weeks? Let me, let me tell you this. Like, over, <laughs> over my years covering this team, I have heard – guys say i don't read i don't pay attention most of the time that's not true and if they don't pay attention themselves to what's written and said about them they have people in their circle who do i once had jair alexander call me over to his locker a couple years ago and say his mom wasn't happy with something i wrote because i referenced i i called him a rising star cornerback 
and he said, "My mom thinks I'm already a star." She didn't like what you wrote. <laughs> like, all right, fine. I respect That's the that. Best thing to say. <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers knew what was being written about him, even if he said, "I don't pay attention." Like, the reason I set this up with that is because I truly believe Rashawn Gary does not see anything written about him. If there's one guy in that locker room who is truly all about ball and it's a cliche, but it's Rashawn Gary. So I don't think he saw it. And I certainly don't want to take credit because he's tremendously talented on his own. My point was just that in the early stages of his contract extension, the production wasn't there. I wasn't trying to say, Oh, he was a bust. The contract extension was a mistake. He earned every penny of that. It was completely the right move. And I understand he was coming off the pitch count you know, and whatnot. And now we've seen how he needs to produce. So no, I don't deserve any credit. I don't think it's too late. I'm going to give you some, no, I actually did think on that article too. You did do a good job. Cause I knew the first thing that was going to be is like, people are going to bring up, well, pressures is what matter. Then you met that. And then you also brought up the attention that he's getting. So Preston Smith stepped up his play. You did cover your bases really well. And and then the BS will say in past years, it's been okay. His pressure rates right up there, but he doesn't have the game changing sacks, forced fumbles, that other guys do. What do we see in the Detroit game? Three sacks, two forced fumbles, one return for a touchdown. That doesn't have to happen every game, but I think the sacks and turnover plays need to start coming on a more regular basis to back up that that salary number. I would have been terrified if he did read that article and I had to go next buy him the next day because that is a scary human. I would have been so intimidated. Yeah, I, I will say, you know, Rashawn Gary is a really nice guy. Like inside his ferocious play, he's a pretty soft-spoken guy when he's not fired up. And, you know, by all accounts, he's a really nice guy um, who treats people in the building really well. But if I had to pick one person in that locker room I would not want to see in an alleyway, it would be Rashawn Gary. When he is on, he terrifies me. Say something bad about Jordan Love, and you'll see that side about him. That's what no. it seems. Jordan, like. he's his Jordan Love defender. Has, Jordan Love has serial killer energy. Like there's no, there's no reaction to anything. And he it's needs the Dahmer like, glasses. You like you're gonna wake up one night, and he's gonna be above you with a pillow. Like the, that's that's the, the kind of thing I get. The biggest I've ever seen Jordan Love smile is I don't know if you guys remember, but I took that video of him wearing Crocs with socks a couple weeks ago. And, you know, obviously played it back to when Rodgers gave me a hard time a couple of years ago in training camp. And so I tweeted that video out. And then Jordan Love's girlfriend, Veronica, makes a video saying that Crocs sent them an entire box of stuff because they saw my video and were glad Jordan was giving them publicity. And then Jordan came up to me in the locker room and, you know, was thanking me for getting him all free Crocs and was <laughs> talking about how funny it was that Crocs gave him all free stuff because they saw my video. I've never seen the guy smile more. That was when I was like, okay, this guy might be more than just a robot. <laughs> Were you kind of pissed I didn't send you Crocs since you put the video out? Well, the thing is, when that thing happened with Rodgers in the 2021 uh, training camp, when I wore Crocs with socks to a training camp practice and he walked over to the sideline and gave me crap for it, and then I t- jokingly tweeted that the Packers starting QB was bullying me for socks and Crocs, then Rogers quote tweeted it and it blew up. There were articles written about it. Good Morning Football did a whole segment on it. Crocs actually sent me an entire box of stuff with Crocs, <laughs> you know, sandals, socks, all that stuff.
but I was told by my bosses at the athletic that I couldn't advertise it, but Crocs did send me a whole bunch of free stuff back then. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to start uh, taking socks and Crocs pictures of know, random that's, people. That's I see. Goal. Someone yeah. on this show is getting a, <laughs> Blow a this up. Crocs. That's they seem to really like their, uh, their publicity. <laughs> Perfect. I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, Matt, we really appreciate you taking the time tonight. I want to get you out on one final, very important question. It comes from a viewer in here. How many pictures of Rob Domofsky's oh head do you God. have on your phone? Because I have a feeling like it's got to be whenever you open your role, you're like looking for, you know, a nice picture of your family or the, or the sunset. And then it's Rob Domofsky's head. I'm going through my phone and I'm going to give you an actual number right now because it's probably more than a dozen. Okay, let's see. <clears throat> There's Rich Basaccia's bald head. Um, there is one, two. Sorry, I have a lot of pictures in my phone. Bear with me here. Two. Oh, there's not a, a, a lot for a while here. Three in the airport before we went to Pittsburgh. I don't want to waste your time. Four. Oh my God, that's a bad one. You're not you wasting. Are time. Not wasting this is honestly time. probably the best concert we've had in a few Four. Uh, let's see. I might have deleted some too, so it might be more than this. Five. I have a like lot. How far? Six. How far back are we right now? The glow like, wasn't right on the head, so they had to delete it. We're only a month back. We're only a month back, month and a half back, and I have six already. Well, yeah, one a week. That's about right. There's yeah. definitely more in one training. And a half a week. Too. Um, sure. I like how Zach Jacobson comments on everyone, and it's like it's life changing for him. He like has an out of body experience when he sees Rob's bald head. He needs to get that problem checked out. But other than that, I think it's a it's a solid reaction. I haven't done one. I think he's just gunning for free swag from Rob. I don't think he's going to get any. I don't think that. Check out his stuff over on The Athletic, The Matt Schneiderman Show as well. Um, Matt, really appreciate you taking the time. Always, it's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Matt. Man. Thanks, Matt. Have a good one. Hey, no one passed out. Here we are. <laughs> I'll check on Eli quick. <laughs> He's good. I'm only going to be – I, I don't, obviously. I, Matt doesn't interact. Like, he's – we're not like we're we're friendly. I'm just gonna send every time I interact with Matt on anything social, it's gonna be a gif of Tony Shaloub. Somehow. <laughs> That's very fair. You'll be blocked right. in three days. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. Uh let's talk about some bar bets for hold the on, hold on. The let's let you play. pay the tab. You said you had some thoughts, you had something oh, you'd like to sure. talk about. Sure. We we NBC. cut it short. I would like I would like NBC to pay the tab here um number one the obvious one uh why are we spending the entire post game show talking about two calls at the end of the game and we just blow right by the roughing the passer unnecessary roughness on jonathan owens the non the non-call on uh the forward progress on nbs come on let, let let's 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 talk about so there was a whole 59 minutes worth of great game beforehand the real problem, though, with NBC is we got shots of Taylor Swift. We got shots of Simone Biles. Where was Tony, Tony, Tony? I don't remember seeing Tony Shalhoub at We had like one shot of on NBC. Swift. Do you know who owns Monk? NBC Universal. 
his movie's Peacock. coming out soon. It's on. It's on Peacock right now. It's out already. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Monk but you good. can watch. You can binge watch all of Monk on Peacock. Dropped the ball enormously, Emma. So that's my pay the They should maybe change it to MVS instead of NBC. Hey yo. Anyway, bar bets, boys, for this week's game against the Giants. You know, that's a thing that we haven't talked about in the last I, literal hour. I feel like we need to, though, to make sure that we keep this win streak alive because I feel like it didn't start until we did this every single time. You can't take the Broncos lightly. No, we can't. You can't take them lightly. We can't look past them. That's the thing. It's, Don't do it. If you I know do we've it, got the Giants this fine. week, but you can't take the Broncos lightly. You can't, you can't take, take the Broncos lightly. And Can't this win streak just extended. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, all right. I want to do a little two-person parlay bar bet here, guys. So I need I need two answers for, for this one together. More passing yards, Jordan Love or Tommy DeVito, and more rushing yards, A.J. Dillon, Saquon Barkley. It's a two-person parlay. You got to hit both to nail it. Five boxiaris, Love, Barkley. Okay. I'm a follow Jimmy? suit. Same thing. Love Barkley. The two the two most talented out of those groups. Okay. Uh I will go three Bakhtiaris. Uh I'll say love AJ Dillon. I think AJ Dillon has has a nice little game this week. And I think wow. Saquon gets bottled up a little bit. Eight point swing for you on that one. Ah, yeah. <laughs> what running back have you seen get bottled up by this defense? It's gonna be Saquon. <laughs> it's gonna be Saquon. Dude, okay. the, the Patriots held Saquon Barkley to, I think, like 46 yards. The, the Patriots, Patriots have a really good defense. There, I was listening, I was listening to uh the athletic today, and it's I at this season alone, any team that's held somebody under 10 points are 53 wins, three losses. All of them are the Patriots the last few games. Like they their defense is playing incredible, holding teams to 10 points and under, and they're still losing games. It's not the defense's fault. You know Belichick will eliminate the team's best player. Joe Barry will not. Eight-point dump for you, Dan. That's big. Good Fuck. job. <laughs> Fuck the Patriots, and I'm desperate. Um, okay, then say that. Don't put the shit. Don't bash <laughs> Belichick because it's like you're fucking 51, desperate. 49%. Um, <laughs> over, under, two and a half combined turnovers in the game between both teams. Over both, three boxes. Both, both teams have had at least one the last couple of weeks. So do we see more than one from each team? Or just over two and a half? You said over, Jimmy? Yeah, three Bakhtiaris. Okay. Five Bakhtiaris huh? over. Yeah, I'll say five Bakhtiaris over. I think this is going to be a chaos game, which kind of plays into um, my whole model of my Bakhtiari bets, basically, for this game. Uh, Kishan Nixon... Longest kickoff return over under 35 yards. Nixon is leading the league in qualified returners in return average. And the Giants give up the fifth most kickoff return yards. Fuck it. Five back yards over. I hate when you qualify, when you actually talk about it. Because I don't know if you did the research or if you're just making this shit up. To I'm get us to get us to bet one way, <laughs> Todd's trusting I mean, so, your own research. 
I did the research. I, but you expect us to just blindly trust that what you just it's said pro football is reference. true. Go look it up. I'm not going to, I'm that's not happening. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go five Bakhtiari's over. I think he's going to have a, a big one. Yeah. It feels like he's been so close the last couple of weeks. Agreed. I, I say five Bakhtiari's over. My bold prediction on pack day this week is that he has a kickoff return touchdown for a game. Were you guys surprised game. to find out, though, that he's leading the league? Because for a while, I thought he was, he was kind of quiet. And all of a sudden, it's like well, Keyshawn Nixon's beating everybody. In so here's, so here's what I don't quite understand. Like, I didn't look this deeply into it. Pro football reference has like you know the the return yards average for every uh kick returner this year. There's only two kickoff returners that are qualified by their st- like the reach the minimum threshold for their for their standard to like be to be ranked. Mm. And so I, that's why I put qualified returners because I don't know out of everybody if he has the highest average because there might be one or two that have returned like five for 40 yards or something like that. So mm. that's why I qualify it with the qualified returners. So your stats are bullshit. You, no, you, so what you're accurate. saying is, but you, <laughs> they're accurate. But when you told us he's leading out of all qualified returners, there's two fucking returners. That's not, that's not inaccurate. I know, but that may. When this you is said what that, I was talking. This is what I was yeah, talking about. I was thinking, I was like, "Oh, there's probably thirty other returners he, that he's beating. he bet the same way I did, so I'm okay with this." Right. Oh yeah, I'm keeping my bet the same, but that is a very misleading. I don't January think it's misleading. I don't think it's misleading at all. It's out of qualified returners. You should add caveat. There's only two. I should add. Go fuck yourself. Look it up yourself. <laughs> You're my right next, ba- my next Bakhtiari bet, it's a little bit of a wait and see projection for the next five weeks. Could happen, could happen this week, could happen against the Bears. Will we see Jordan Love have at least one more game this season with three touchdowns, no INTs? Because the rarefied air already that he's in, in great terms of Packer history, still pretty impressive. If he can do it five times, that's that's a whole nother step. And it's some bad teams the rest of this year. Can he do it at least one more time? Five Bakhtiaris, yes. I'm following. I say Vikings. He's going to get his revenge. Are you qualifying that bet that it has to be against the Vikings? Dream? Absolutely not. But I'm just giving a little little booster to it. <laughs> a little prop bet boost. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say five Bakhtiaris over. Um, or yes, he does. Um, just feels like it feels like it's going to be one of these seasons where like he sets a bunch of these records. There's going to be so many records set and the team flames out in the first round of the playoffs. And it's going to be like as a season overall, how much do we really remember from that season? But when you like go to trivia nights 20 years from now, they're going to say who was the Packers like leading receiver. Are you guys a little bit nervous about these last three games that we've won? We've gone in as the underdog with kind of like yes. we have nothing to fucking lose, so just go for it. And now we're going in, having a playoff spot, being a favorite, having some pressure that maybe we fought. Because we've been – like the Matt LaFleur era has been notorious for playing to your competition's level. And we've done it the last three weeks, and now we're going to a drop down in fucking competition. 
I'm incredibly nervous. Not, I'm incredibly not, nervous not about even making a Tommy DeVito look like an all-pro. <clears throat> or Tyrod Taylor. Or Tyrod, as Todd. Well, yeah, it's going to be Tommy right. DeVito. Have some respect. Uh, not at all. This team, again, like everything's clicking at the right time. They're finally gelling. It took them a while to to get everybody on the same page. Uh, I I don't know. I they're They're hot at the right time. They're not going to lose to some shit teams. Uh, probably won't lose again this year. Uh, Super Bowl champs, write it down. I will say, if they win out, Dan, then you can put Jordan Love in the conversation. I still don't think he's MVP worthy uh, unless he just like four or five touchdowns a week for the, for the next five weeks. You uh-huh. can put him in the conversation if they win out. Do they have to... Do they have to stop? Does he have to be completely impressive in each of those wins or if they just win out? No, he can't go out there and they can't win a game. Oh, sorry. No, he he goes 10 to three with a pick six and be like, (laughs) especially against the teams they're playing against. Yeah. He, he needs to be impressive. What question was that? Hey, can the team win out, but he he plays poorly and be in the MVP conversation. See Jimmy, this is called, a follow-up clarification question because Todd qualified it as saying if they went out, he's in the MVP question. I didn't think I had to dumb it down that much for you. Well, no, please. I know. I was talking to Dan, not Jimmy. I forgot. Why is it a shit on me thing? I was like, fuck it. I'm with Dan now. I'm on your side, Dan. Yeah, I'm glad that you asked that clarifying question for a stupid fucking statement from Todd. Thanks, man. I've usually won question over. about qualified <laughs> returners. We wouldn't be in this predicament. Um, appreciate and, and everybody yeah. stopping by for the show tonight. Uh, the chat was awesome. Thank you, everyone that jumped in here and said, hey, gave us questions for Matt Schneiman. Shout out to Matt Schneiman again uh, for taking the time uh, out of his very busy schedule to stop by and talk with us, put up with uh, – when I say our shenanigans, I mean my shenanigans tonight. Thank you, Matt, for doing that. Um, make sure that you are following the show on Twitter. Follow the Game On Wisconsin YouTube channel. If you have not done so, make sure you get notified every time we go live on the channel. Make sure you are checking out all three of us on our socials in the little bubbles right there. Make sure you take time out of your week to stream a little bit of Monk into your life as well. You won't regret it. Um, for producer Matt, hanging out behind the scenes, for Jimmy, for Todd, I'm your bartender Dan saying cheers, everybody. As always, go Pack Go. <laughs>